Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of Pastor Plex Podcast. So last week, during the sermon, Chris, you talked about everyone's favorite topic to talk about, money. Money. It is It is so fun, and uh, I, I think the fun part about it is I, I've, I told the story, and, and I'll just reiterate. Um, <clears throat> I had one of my neighbors over uh, for a Halloween pumpkin carving a couple years ago, and I, I was I was telling her, hey, you know, because people ask, like, what do you guys talk about at church? And I said, like, oh, well, I'm t- talking about really difficult subjects on giving. She's like, what? Why is that hard? And I go, well, you know, I don't want to come off as a televangelist. And she, she, this is when we were meeting at the rec center. She's like, you guys meet in the gym. There can't be anything further from televangelists than meeting <laughs> in a gym. To which I was like, touche. And then I said, and she's like, you just need to tell them to give. To which I was like, you need to come with me. You and, tell them to give. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you tell them. And, and so, I, but I really appreciated that. And it was funny. One one night I, I stepped outside and I saw her like wearing a, a dress and like, you know, dressed up. And she was heading off to somewhere important. And I go, where are you going? She's like, oh, I'm going to a fundraiser. Like, oh, what are you giving to? That's great. And she's like, well, it's not really what you would consider something excited to be giving to. And I go, oh, yeah, what are you giving to? And she's like, oh, I'm Planned Parenthood. And I was like, oh, well, right. And But it just really hit me. Not on the same me. page there. Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of hit me. If you believe in something, you give to it. And that was that, that really struck me as a chord of like, uh, as a pastor and really as people, as Christians, we shouldn't be embarrassed about talking about giving because mm-hmm. secular people do this all the time. Right. And they don't sweat it. They don't regret it. And they don't, um, they're not asking, they're not apologetically coming to you and saying you should give to something. They believe in something. So therefore they're like, uh, you should do this. Now, I do think that uh, Christians have had a little bit of a history of uh, televangelist type people who have done dark things with money, but then so have everybody else. Right. And so w- I guess what makes it different is like everyone holds us to a higher standard as they should. Right. And I'm grateful for that. And so uh, when we talk about money, we have to come from it from a different angle. And so I think that's what we did on Sunday. Right. And one of one of the favorite things that I think you or that st- stuck out to me was saying, I'm talking to a crowd of rich people. And I believe that probably 90% of the people there, or if not more, would say, I'm not rich. Yeah, every, so explain everyone that says that, right? I'm not rich. Because you kind of look at the round, the people that live next door to you, and you're like, mm-hmm. they probably make about the same amount as I do, and they, they probably can do the same amount of things I do. And that's just because of the person you live next to. Mm-hmm. And, so, and you probably live in a neighborhood where you sort of could live at, at that level, and so therefore you're living at that level, and so therefore the only people you see are people like you. Mm-hmm. And I think that... That gets to the point where none of us think that we're rich. But if you've ever been to Africa or if you've ever been to South America or any third world place. Quickly exposed. You are loaded. Yes. And so, and I love this. So if you're listening online or or whatever, you can go to Am I Rich? Just ask a question to Google and 20 surveys will pop up for you to take. And they will all probably tell you that you are indeed, in fact, rich, Um, which is sort of an interesting sort of concept. So... If, if we can get to the place where we understand that we are rich, that we're in the top at least half of the world. Mm-hmm. Let's just go there. Yeah. You, you're in the top minimum. half of the world. Then you're richer than more than, you know, 51% of the people are poorer than you. Mm-hmm. And so we can kind of say that if you're the rich person, I guess because the only way to discover if you're rich is to look around the room and see who has more money or, or less money. And it's who we compare ourselves to. Right. And yeah. remember, comparison is always the thief of joy. So that doesn't end up being a good thing. So just trust me. Take my word for it. You are rich. Okay. So once we've 
we've gotten to the point where we realize that, hey, we, we are not poor, most likely. We are richer than 50% of the population. Now we're talking about what we do with our money right. and that we do have money to give and we should be doing that. The question always comes up, well, how much should I be giving yeah. and what exactly is tithing? Yeah, I love, I love this question. You know, everybody wants to know the bottom line mm-hmm. because – uh, okay, I had a salesperson come by the house and they were going to sell me windows. And mm-hmm. I just kind of was like, bottom line, how much do you want? And they're <laughs> like, well, sir, when you kind of blah, 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 blah. And they kind of went, I was like, bottom line, wait, because they were selling me something. And so right. usually when you're, when you're asking the question, like how much, it's not that you, it's not that you don't care. You just want to get to the bottom line, quit chasing around it. And you, you, everyone feels awkward and nervous about it because essentially you're just worried about what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. I, I think this is the problem. And so we first have got to understand that it's not about how much, but rather our, whose money is it? That's the better question. Mm-hmm. Not how much should I give, whose money is it? And once we establish we're rich, not because of um, I didn't bring brains to the table. I didn't bring brawn to the table. God gave me both of those. And so therefore, I am a steward of the resources he has given me, mm-hmm. uh, whether you inherited it or your body and brains earned it. You still, everything you got uh, is from God. And so I feel like that becomes um, a super important thing to wrap your head around or else you'll get stuck uh, trying to convince people how non-rich you are. Okay, so um, so it, God owns it all and, and he's asking us to uh, allow him to be the owner, us to be the manager. And so therefore, as managers of his resources, um, we got to ask, God himself, how much he wants to give. And I think a great place to start, usually people go, what about the tithe? And I love that question. Uh, and I think you, growing up in church, you heard about tithing. Mm-hmm. Plenty. Right. And, and people would usually say, I mean, did they not, at least in your church that you went to. 10%. 10%. Every time, 10%. Well, mm-hmm. the problem with that, and let's just get real. When it says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. That's Malachi 3.10. Mm-hmm. Okay? And usually that's where we go. Well, it's a tithe. Well, a tithe, in Malachi 3.10, it says the full tithe. And that sounds redundant because, you know, what's the difference between 10% and a full 10%? There is no difference. It's right. just redundancy. Unless, unless there are several 10% tithes, plural, that you're supposed to give. And that's what we find in the Bible. So... Uh, first off, in the Old Testament giving pattern, there was a first fruits offering, which wasn't a tithe, but it was a first fruit. So every uh, first apple that fell from the tree, every first strawberry is picked from the patch, every from every plant, every every pear, every uh, pear tree, apricot tree, fig tree, every first fruit had to be given to the Lord to say, "I trust you, God, with the first one." So therefore, that I know that you said to test me in that you're going to bring more. Mm-hmm. Uh, a male goat was also a part of that and so you would give your first fruits okay everyone gets that and that that's in like uh in today's language we'd say if you give first fruits that's pretty much over and above you are like amazing so where does the tithe come in well all right so this this becomes when you look at it the tithe comes from several places in the bible but specifically uh numbers 18 21 through 24 just says hey uh, the Levites are going to get 10% of your giving. Now, God could just say, give 10%. I don't, you don't need to know where it goes, but because he's a God who wants people to understand his business, he tells them this is going to the Levites. And then another 10% went to the national feasts. Um, that was the uh, Passover, uh, Feast of Booths, Feast of Weeks. You know, just the, the 
annual pilgrimages where a lot of food had to be provided. And then every th three years, another 10% had to be given for benevolence, essentially for the poor, for the traveler, and for the Levites again. So what a crazy thing. So you got to think about that's every three years, or every three years is 30%, but on a yearly basis, you could just average out. It's, you're looking at 23.3%. And then also, you weren't supposed to harvest up to the edge of your field, so there's another percentage there, and then you got the first fruit. So you've got all of this giving going on. So when you say tithes, full tithes, what do you mean? And if you just mean the 10% that's for the Levites, and so you're like, well, that's church staff, it's hard to compare because what about buildings and, and what about... Um, you know, ministry things and children's ministry curriculum. Like that's the kind of stuff that that is just difficult, right? So mm -hmm. where do you start? And so that's where I feel like um, I think a 10% or a tithe is a great reference point. And here's what I mean by that in a, as a reference point. I think it's a good place to think about. Like, can I give 10%? Mm -hmm. But even better than that is remember, this is a conversation that we need people to have with God because it's his money. And you say, God, where would you like this money to go? And remember, there's there's something bigger going on here. If it's God's money, he wants it to advance his kingdom. Mm -hmm. And also in Malachi 3.10, he says, um, uh, bring the full tithe in the storehouse. There may be food in my house. Um, and thereby put me to the test, said the Lord of hosts. And see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour down for you a blessing until there's no more need. And so what you're really looking for, this is a place to grow your faith. So God's looking for two things. One, obviously, is glory, but two is your good, and your good is your faith is stretched by putting God to the test. It's an invisible kingdom that you get to experience in a tangible way when what you what most people would trust in wealth is what we're trusting God for. Okay, that becomes a beautiful thing, and I think that's where people really struggle because we have this concept that I earned it or I'm mm. going to run out of it. Right. And so that becomes like a God activating uh, his work and his will through your faith, which is seen in by your ability to give. So, so I think that's the question. So what, what Adrian and I, my wife and I do, she is so great uh, in that um, when we first started um, pastor at the church, we gave 11%. Primarily because I didn't want to like accidentally give less at, at some point. And, you know, so 11% I felt covered, right? Because I was kind of like a 10% sort of person. And then when I really got convicted by uh, Malachi 3.10, and I was like, how am I going to put the Lord to the test to watch my faith grow? Mm -hmm. And so what Adrian and I did, we started giving 1% more every year. And, um, and that... Every year, at the end of the year, it becomes really challenging. It's a leap of faith, and you're like, <gasps> and you start how to wonder, how are we going to make this happen? Yep. And God has been faithful. I mean, honestly, he's been faithful, and I've never had to worry about anything financially. Now, you'd say, well, Chris, that's not the case for everybody. I'd say, yeah, it's not all about financial resources, but even when it's not financial blessing, it's spiritual blessing. And, and you're mm -hmm. like, well, who wants that? I want that. I want spiritual blessing because I will be the first to tell you that my hope isn't built on the amount of money that God's given me, but the amount of hope that I have in eternity, the amount of hope that I have in Jesus and the work he's doing in my life. And so that's the blessing that you might get. And everyone's like, well, I'm not signing up for that kind of blessing. I don't want more conviction or more um, godliness. I need more money. And I said, well, then that then you're coming to God in the wrong way because God's mm -hmm. saying to test him in this and see if he will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down a blessing for you until there is no more need. And I think when you read, there's no more need. Uh, in, in the ESV version, I think that's a decent translation. I think it's okay. The actual um, 
wooden translation, if you're going to be super literal, is open the windows of heaven for you and pour down a blessing for you without sufficiency. To which you're like, that's a weird way to say that. It's kind of like saying there's no small crowd. What you're saying is it's huge. It's a a massive crowd. And so when you look at God, is God going to just barely provide for you, barely come through? No, he never does. But what he does do is he he might come through financially right on the money, Mm -hmm. but he comes through spiritually over and above. And I think that's the part where we've got to learn to trust him. I have never met the person. Now, I've I've never met the person who said, I gave too much. I haven't met the person who said, I've had too many kids. I've met that person. Uh, I've never met the person, though, that said, I have given too much to God. Even even this, even when people get, um, let's say they give to something and that the person that they gave, or got, you know, the ministry that they gave to end up being corrupt. That person still receives the blessing, right? Because it's, it's not mm-hmm. about what the person does with the money that you give. It's about what you are trusting God with. So at some point, we've got to wrap our head around that. That truth. And so I think that when you when you ask the question, how much should I give? I think a reference point is 10%. But then let's say you ask, you sit down with God and you go, God, what do you want me to give? He might say 1%. That might be a massive stretch of your faith because you've never given before. And then I would simply say, if that's you, at 1%, come back again next year. It might be 2 or 1.5 or 3. Who knows? I think I think that's the struggle people have is they're so terrified to get down with God. And, and he might ask you to give more than you are comfortable with. But isn't that exactly what the Bible is saying? Put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. And I think ultimately it comes down to do you trust that God has your best in mind? So when we're looking at what God, knowing that God has our best in mind, we, we've talked about, hey, we're in the top percent of the world and a good starting point of our giving. That leads us to what is the lifestyle that a giving Christian should be living? Man, this is such a great question. And I think it gets down to the same answer of what you should be giving is how I should be living. Well, it kind of even rhymes. It does rhyme. Yeah, and I think that comes to you need to go and talk to God about it. Uh, you know, again, is it is it unwise to save? No, the Bible is clearly all about savings. Is it? And He also says everything He has is for us to enjoy. And if you've got the money to enjoy it, and you are generously giving, and you're asking the Lord, and you decide to go buy the Ferrari or the Benz. I don't think the Lord is going to come down and be like, un- be unhappy with you. I think there is a a part of other people, though, that might like infringe upon their, I don't know, they, they might go, well, why do you have that? And that's none of their business, honestly. And, and so ultimately, it comes down to relationship that you have with God. But at some point, you've got to ask the question, are you asking God what you should give back to him and to his ministry? Because if... One of the things that the goals that, that Adrian and I have is to be at a place where we can give unbelievably like generous. And so that might mean that we're going, you know, month to month at times and having to, you know, we just went to the emergency room. Oh my gosh, that was so painful. And nothing was wrong. I don't know if you've ever experienced Ooh. that as a parent. That's brutal. And so it was just like, because the, the doctor before we went to the emergency room was like, this could either be absolutely nothing or he needs emergency surgery right now. We're just like, so um, several thousand dollars later of emergency room uh, tests and x-rays and blood drawings and blah, blah, blah. For and my he's th- good to go. My third son, Titus, he's G2G, good to go and no problem. And so you go, God, how are you going to provide for that? Well, he does. Even when you give over and above. So um, 
and over above what, right? That again, that's all comes back down to what you have talked to God about and you you are asking him. And so the biggest thing I tell people is pick a percentage because that means you have to plan it in. Because so many times we we just, a lot of people just give 20 bucks when the offering plate passes by or when they feel really guilty or when they feel emotionally charged. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the worst time to give because you haven't thought about it. You haven't prayed about it. You've just like, in a spurious moment, yay. And that might have been Holy Spirit-led. It's definitely possible. But I think what happens, you don't get buyer's remorse when you say, this is a leap of faith to give. And so on the flip side, it is a leap of faith to live. So the give and the live part are hand in hand of um, talking to God about it and really discerning from him what God needs you to do and how he needs you to live. Hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully. All right, guys. Well, that is all that we have for this week. Thanks for listening, and we will see you again soon.